Acts chapter number six. We're going to finish up with Stephen tonight, the series that we've been looking at, and move on from there after after tonight. We've got one more thing we're going to look at. You know, we're just singing the song about exalting the Lord. You know, we cannot truly worship God until God is in his rightful place. And that's what the fear of the Lord means, when you put God in his exalted position that he has. And I pray tonight God is where he belongs in your life, and then we can truly get about the worship of him. Acts chapter number 6, last time we'll look at this in this series. We're going to look down, if you will, verse 3, as they are once again calling men. God is choosing men through his people for the service uh, of the church. In verse number 3, the Bible says, Wherefore, brethren... Look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. Verse number five, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. Now notice this next part. We've yet to preach on this subject. The Bible says a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Look at verse number eight. The Bible says once again about Stephen, and Stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Bless it tonight. I pray we receive what you send and do your will in the service tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> to review this series of a choice servant, we basically begin, begin looking a few weeks ago at the things that we do that help us to become chosen and used of God. And we have an influence over that. Uh, God doesn't have just like a wheel of fortune up there in heaven, you know, a, a giant spinning wheel, and he spins the wheel, and whoever's name pops up, he uses. No, there's things that we can do in our life and choices that we can make in our lives, and those choices make us more usable by God. And we looked at the very first week about the choice and how God chooses us, and we looked over the Bible, says in verse number three, he sought out men of honest report. And the key point from that message was God chooses character over capability. Do not fool yourselves into thinking tonight that I have to be this and I have to be all of that in order for God to use me. No, you just need to be real. God uses men of honest report. And then we look at the word full of how oftentimes in the life of Stephen, the Bible uses the word full to describe him and how you get to choose the level of occupancy of the things of God in your life. And we get to choose that. And we looked at being full of the Holy Ghost. And then last week, we looked at being full of wisdom as verse number 10 speaks of. But tonight we're going to look at the word faith. Well, the Bible says that Stephen was full of faith. Now tonight, if there was a characteristic of Stephen that really lent itself to the idea of a choice, it's faith. Now you think about it tonight. Sometimes we think about people who have a lot of faith, people who have a little faith, and it's just something where God doles out a little to you and God doles out a lot to them. But the truth of the matter tonight is that faith is a choice that we get to make. Now understand that in our service to God, faith is a non-negotiable asset. You must have faith in order to please God. Hebrews eleven six. the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so if we desire to be used of God, and we want to be used in the service of God. There's no way that we can neglect this area of faith. So understand tonight that having faith is a choice, whether you have it or not. Perfect example of that is in Luke 23. The two thieves that were crucified on the opposite sides of Christ. And I, I don't think you can find a better example of one who chose to have faith and one who chose not to have faith. We have the one who chose to put his faith and trust in Christ, and Christ says, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. 
You see, he put his faith in Christ. He chose to have faith, but the other reviled him. He chose not to have faith. So tonight, understand that having faith is a choice, but also how much faith you have is a choice that you get to make. A lot of times we do, we, we sit back and we gripe and we complain about people that have great faith and people who use, were used of God to do great things, but understand tonight, our, our choice is how much faith we have. The Bible says that Stephen was full of it. He was full of faith. Remember Matthew chapter number 14 when Peter was walking on the water and began to sink. You remember that? And as Jesus reached his hand down to pick up Peter, he says, oh, thou of what? Little faith. Notice that. The measure of faith in the life of Peter at that moment was a a little faith. But then we fast forward to Matthew chapter 8. The Bible says that, that, that the centurion who came to Christ to heal his servant, he says, just speak the word only. You don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word and he'll be better. And Jesus looked at the man. He says, I haven't found such great faith, a great faith. So Peter had a little faith, and yet we see people with great faith. So what is the disparity there? Why do some people have great faith and some people have little faith? Well, the answer tonight is simple. They choose to. You can have as much faith as you want. If you want a little bit of faith, then, hey, that's all you're going to have. And don't be surprised if you do very little. Because faith is how we serve God. It's the avenue by which we serve God. And so if you want to serve God in a great capacity, it's going to require great faith. So Stephen, in verse number 5 and verse number 8, the Bible says he was full of faith. I believe the fact that Stephen chose to be filled with faith made him one of God's choice servants. Tonight, I hope to show you through the message the importance of faith and why faith must be a factor if you plan on being used of God, okay? So the first thing tonight, we need to understand what faith is. How do we understand and be full of it if we don't understand what faith is? And Hebrews chapter 11 is surely the faith's book in the Bible, the faith chapter in the Bible. Hebrews 11.1, the Bible says that faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for. Hoped for. And the evidence of things what? Not seen. The, the, the substance of things that are hoped for, but the evidence of things that are not seen. So if I'm going to have faith, what, basically what faith is, faith is our hope in God for what we cannot see. That's what faith is. Faith that is seen, look, that's not faith. Faith comes in when you can't see. The Bible says that when Noah was being told to build the ark, the Bible says he moved by being told of God things that he had not yet seen. That was faith. Now understand tonight, if we're going to have faith and be full of faith, we've got to understand what faith is. And faith is when we put our hope in what God can do and what God alone can do. So why is faith so attractive to God? Why was faith in the life of Stephen so attractive to God? Number one, faith sees beyond ourself. Faith sees beyond ourself. Now watch this. In order for Stephen to be used of God, he would be used of God by faith. Faith is how we access the power of God. And so in order to be used of God, we must have faith. And when God was looking for someone to use, he looked down and he saw Stephen. And he saw Stephen was full of faith. Now, what does that mean tonight? Well, understand this. There's only two ways you can attempt to serve God. You can attempt to serve God through yourself, 
or you can attempt to serve God through your faith. Now, you can attempt to serve God through either, but you'll only successfully serve God by faith. Understand that. So when God looked down and he saw Stephen, he saw that Stephen had already grown beyond himself. Stephen had come to a place in his life to realize, I, Stephen, and am capable of doing the will of God. Therefore, I must rely on God. So Stephen poured himself out and therefore was full of faith in God. You see, Stephen couldn't see himself doing all that God called him to do. So Stephen says, you know what? I can't do it, so I'm going to pour myself out. And I'm going to put my faith in God, my hope, and what I can't see myself doing. How often do, does God tell us to do things in his word? Uh, probably one of the hardest things. We, we talked about this with our young people the other day. And um, it's, it's soul winning. We talked about it today a little bit. And how we know we're supposed to go soul winning. We're no, the Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. I don't know how you get around that one. How many times does the word of God say go? We know that. That's what God's called us to do. That is the primary purpose of why we exist after we get saved is to bring others to Christ, to be like an Andrew. Andrew is always bringing people to Christ. And although we know that, man, our heart sinks when it's time to go. Walking up to the door, you see a big dog. You know, you're scoping out the yard and you're already judging that there's a guy behind that door, six foot five, 350. He's an ex-pro wrestler and he hates Christians. And we're thinking, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Look, in order for us to do what he's called us to do, understand we've got to get beyond ourselves. And the reason Stephen was full of faith is he knew that he could not do this, and the only way he could serve God was by faith. Now, this is one of the hardest things for a Christian to do tonight. It's getting to the place where we get beyond ourselves. Have you ever met people, and you may have said this in probably a not, not nice way, have you ever met people that were so full of themselves? Hey, don't look around the room. Don't do it. No, you're tempted. Don't look around the room. Don't know that it's you. You ever met people that are full of themselves? I mean, man, they just, they think so much of themselves and they're just as much in love with themselves as their spouse is. I mean, it's just rough when you run into people like that. I think this is why the church is not being used of God today. We're full of ourselves. Our self is incapable. Ourself cannot serve God or fulfill the will of God. The only way we can do it is by faith. So the only way that we can be full of faith is to be emptied out of self. You can see, watch. When we empty out of self, faith fills the void where self once dwelt. We pour ourselves out and get it all out of there. And when we're emptied out of self, then we have room for God's faith to be in place. Then we can be used of God. The greatest days of your life will come when you come to the end of yourself. When you get to the end of what you can do and what you're capable of, it's one of the greatest days of your life. When you get to the end of the road and you're no longer capable and now you are forced to rely on God, one of the greatest days you'll ever come to in your life. The sad thing is we wait too late to get there. I mean, no offense if you're 70 or 80 or 90 years old in here, but if you're 80 or 90 years old, there's a good chance you're past the halfway point. Amen? You're closer to heaven. That's all that is. A lot of times we wait until we get to that place to realize that we must rely on God when the truth is we needed to rely on God in our 20s just as much as we needed to rely on God in our 80s. Now, remember when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt and God gave them very specific directions on where to go. He told them to go camp out by a place called Baal Pihiroth. He says, go camp out there. 
So they go in God's direction. When they get to the place that God told them to go by, El-Pihiroth, they camp out there, and the Egyptians come up behind them. Now they have an ocean in front of them and an army behind them. They are utterly surrounded. There's no way out. There's no way that this group of ragtag, just, you know, migrants marching across the wilderness will defeat the mighty army of Pharaoh. They just can't see how they're going to do it. That's why God brought them there. That's why God led them to the dead end. That's why God brought them to the place where they could no longer see how they would get out of this jam because then they had to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But they had to get to that end of the road. Now, folks, if we were to be used of God, we're going to be used how? By those two words, by faith. Okay? We may be smart. We may have experience. We may come from a great pedigree of spirituality. But understand, if you're going to fulfill the will of God and be successful, you will do it by faith. But before we can be filled with faith, we have to be emptied of self. And when you empty out self, you've created a void that faith can come in and fill the vacuum. As a kid, my favorite passage of Scripture, hands down, bar none, was 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, Elijah and his servant are camped out in Dothan. Do you remember that? And the king sends for Elijah. He says, go get him. He sends an army to get Elisha. And the servant wakes up. I kind of figure the servant is waking up to go make coffee. Because that's just what a good servant does. Amen? He gets up and I figure the servant walks out of the tent and is making the coffee on the fire. And Elisha's probably in there praying. That's what I figure he's doing. Maybe sleeping. I don't know. But he's in the tent still. And as he looks up, he's surrounded by the army of the king. He's surrounded. I mean, these are just two preachers. And they could have been the baddest preachers in the world, but they can't whip an army on their own. He walks into the tent to Elisha and he says, how shall we do? What are we going to do? I mean, we're surrounded. Elisha, I kind of figure he walks out with a smirk on his face. If you just listen to the language of 2 Kings 6, Elisha had a little, bit of, a little bit of a spitfire in him. He asked the Lord, he says, open his eyes that he could see. Now notice what he says. Open his eyes. The servant is looking around and says, there's no way that we can take out this army. I mean, if you take 5,000 and I take 5,000, we might have a chance here. But otherwise, we're toast. You see, he couldn't see it. He couldn't see how we're going to get out of this jam. That's when Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes that he could see. And the Bible says that when the Lord opened his eyes, the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire. I love that. I hope God will play that back on the VHS, upon the VCR in heaven. I hope so. I want to see what that was like. But look, the servant would not get to see what God was doing until he got to the end of his self. And finally, we got to the cell where he says, there's nothing we can do. God says, watch this. Just like he did at the Red Sea. Just like he did for Elijah. And I wonder tonight, what could God do through all of us if we got to the end of ourself? We just realized, Brother Pinachetti, that's on our prayer list tonight, his phrase is this. I'm not sure what it means, but I've repeated it a thousand times. Maybe I ought to figure out what it means. He says, you think you're all of that in a bag of chips. I don't know what that means. If it's bad, please forgive me. I've been saying it for a long time, ever since I heard him say it. But we think we're all of that. 
We think we're all of that in a bag of chips. I can do this and I can do that. And God sitting there says, the reason you're not a choice servant and I can't use you is because you've not got to the end of yourself yet. The reason we can tell that Stephen was at the end of his self because he was full of faith. You see, you empty out self to make room for faith. And Stephen says, I can't do this. I'm going to pour all of myself out so that God can fill it up. And I'm going to trust him to do what I can't do. That's why God chose Stephen. That's why God chose Stephen. One of my favorite missionaries is Hudson Taylor, missionary to China. Boy, you're talking about a trailblazer. You don't meet him much like Hudson Taylor anymore. Hudson Taylor said this, going through a difficult time in China. He would fall and have a concussion and a fractured back and would ultimately be partially paralyzed through that. Someone asked him, or he wrote a letter to his wife, actually. Through this time, he was encouraging his wife through the difficulty. And here's what he says. We have 25 cents and all the promises of God. His wife asked him, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going through this difficulty, and you know, you're hurt and sick, and people trying to kill him and going through this difficulty. And his encouragement was, we have 25 cents and all the promises of God. Hudson Taylor had a quarter left. That's all he had left to his name. And after that quarter's gone, well... All we're relying on is the promises of God. Do you know that Hudson Taylor would be used of God in ways that would shake the largest continent in the world, the largest nation in the world? Why? Because Hudson Taylor came to the end of himself. Came to the end of himself. Says, I can't. There's no way I can do this. The sad thing is it takes us so long to get there, to realize that we can't. I read a story years ago, and it's about uh, this man fell off a cliff and just, toom, 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 he's tumbling down the edge of this cliff. And all of a sudden, this tree limb, this root sticking out of the side of the cliff, caught his britches. He's just hanging there by his britches, and he hollers out, is there anybody up there? Is there anybody up there that can help? And this is paraphrasing, okay? I'm not saying God really said this, okay? But it's just a joke. God speaks down to him and says, I'm up here. Don't worry, I'll take care of you. It's going to be all right. He says, God, are you sure it's going to be all right? He says, I promise you, everything's going to be okay. He says, well, get me out of this. He says, here's what I want you to do. Just let go of the limb. Just, just, just turn loose and let go of the limb. The guy's thinking, you know, I know this is God and all this, but God just wants me to let go. So the next thing you heard hollered up the cliff was, is there anybody else up there? He was not willing to go that far in his trust with God. How, how often are we that way? It's hard to let go, isn't it? It's hard. We can let go of the, the big stuff. I'm going to let go of the drugs and the alcohol and all that. We can let go of that stuff. But man, you know, self can be just as poisonous to your service to God as drugs and alcohol. You rely on yourself to do what you can't when you're supposed to be relying on God to do what only God can do. The reason Stephen was full of faith is because faith sees and goes beyond ourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, what does the verse say? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means you try to fight the devil with this, you are toast. Preached to our teenagers this afternoon in chapel. We were talking about old Abner, how Abner died as a fool. Can I, tell you, can I tell you tonight, you go out there to fight the devil and to try to do the will of God in the flesh, you're going to die like a fool. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You can't win this way. You will not be successful with this stuff right here. The only way you'll be successful is by faith. It's not of self and through the flesh. It's by faith. 2 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. I like that word, don't you? Mighty, I'm not very mighty. 
You know, I, I try to act like it. My wife asked me to move something around the house. I'll grunt. You know, I want her to think I'm, I'm not mighty because this stuff's not mighty. But the Bible says that I can be mighty. How? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Catch those next two words. Through God. Through God. You see, faith says I'm going to serve through God. If you try to serve through your flesh, you will fail. But we serve through God. Stephen knew his self was insufficient. He knew there was no point in trying to serve God in the flesh and by himself. So Stephen poured himself out and filled himself up with faith. You can't have both. Luke 21, we see the widow as Jesus watched at the treasury and he stood there and watched the widow come up with her two mites. She cast it in. And as she cast it in, Jesus begins to speak and he says, she's given more than they all. Why? Because they have given of their abundance, of their riches, of their wealth. And she, the Bible says, has cast all, verse 4, all she had. Can I tell you what that widow was running on when she left the church? Faith. It's all gone. She had thrown the last bit of herself and her life into the treasury, and now there's nothing left. How are you going to buy groceries? Can't see that. How are you going to pay the power bill? Can't see that. But you know what? The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. I can't see it, but I believe God can. That's why God chose Stephen. Because Stephen understood that faith sees beyond ourself. Second thing tonight, jot this down real quick. If you'll notice in chapter 6, verse number 8, the Bible says, And Stephen, full of faith and power. And Stephen, full of faith and power. Can I tell you a little bit behind the scenes, message preparation, as I'm preparing to preach this and I'm outlining it a little bit? I'm going to preach power separately. I wanted to preach power next week. And so that's the way I was telling the Lord we were going to do things. <laughs> you ever do that? Huh. And I said, I was like, no, 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 no. I, I can't put them together. I, I need to preach that power. Now, I've been preaching one word, the Holy Spirit. We've preached wisdom. Tonight, we're going to preach faith. <clears throat> and then the last week, we're going to preach power. But then getting to realize something, that faith and power are inseparable. They come together. So watch what Stephen figured out. Here's why Stephen became a choice servant, why God used Stephen. Stephen poured himself out because self is insufficient. In the void of pouring out self, it is filled with faith. And faith brings along the power of God. Number two, faith secures the power of God. Faith secures the power of God. Here's an important truth you need to understand tonight. Faith is the mechanism by which you access, by which mortal man accesses the things of God. Faith is the mechanism. You want to access something God's got, you'll only access it through faith, okay? Think about salvation. What does the Bible say in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9? For by grace are you saved. Thank the Lord for grace. I'm thankful. Oh, amazing grace. John Newton wrote all about it. He knew something about it. How did John Newton get a hold of grace? For by grace are you saved through faith. You see, the reason Stephen was used of God is because Stephen understood the only way to access the things of God is through faith. That's how you got saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. Turn to Romans real quick, just a, a book over. 
chapter five. I want you to see a few verses. Sometimes we need to read them so that it keeps me honest and I don't fool you, okay? So let's turn together. Romans chapter five. Look at verse number one. And stay in Romans, because we're going to go to chapter 9 here in just a second. Verse 1, Romans 5, therefore, being justified by faith. There's those words again. We have peace with God. How did you find peace? Being justified by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. How did we get to it? How do we get our hands on the grace of God? I mean, the grace of God is the greatest commodity on planet Earth. How do you get to it? By faith. That's the only way that you can get to it. Keep your hand right there in Romans. Today, we had a uh, little bit of excitement here around the school. Uh, down the road, there was uh, something burning on fire. I don't know if it was a house or a car uh, on Fre- P.D. Freeman Road back here. It's just billowing black smoke, and fire trucks are zipping and zooming all across the property. And for those of you that are picking up your kids today, it was probably a scary sight. You were thinking, which one did it, weren't you? You probably already had it picked out, which one of your kids had burned the school down. But it wasn't the school. <clears throat> it was uh, something back there in the woods, and they had the roads blocked off. And you had several people who wanted to go see the fire, and they were cutting through our parking lot. Just, you know, want to get over there and get a Facebook post, you know. But they found the gate was locked. If you're one of those people, I'm not laughing at you too much. But people were zooming through. You know, people just wanting to gawk a little bit, see what the fire was about. They're cutting through the parking lot. And I just stood there and watched them, you know. They're trying to cut through. They're trying to get back there. But you can't. We, we locked the gates, okay? Uh, we're not trying to keep bad people out. We're trying to keep our kids in, okay? That's why we have a gate back there. No, it's for both, okay? But here's what they found out. If they wanted to get back there to the fire, they had to go down here to P.D. Freeman and turn left. That's the only access route that they could get back there to where the fire was at so they could get their, the picture that they were after. Understand it's the same way with the things of God. You want the grace of God, the only access road to the grace of God is faith, You'll listen, for by grace are you saved through faith. There's no way to reach the grace of God without faith. It's the same way after you get saved. If you want to access the power of God, listen, you want to access the joy of the Lord, it's through faith. It's not going to be through the flesh. I remember years ago, I was running track. I paused there so that you could laugh. I did run track, and I love to run track, and I still love to run. But uh, pretty much most of the time, something needs to be chasing me for me to run. But um, stay your spot there in Romans. I'll tell you a funny. I was running track, and somebody told me if I ate a can of pineapples before the track meet, I would run faster. I needed all the help I could get, okay? So I had my mom pick me up a can of Del Monte, name brand. I knew they had to be name brand. Those, you know, that, that good value or whatever it is, best choice. I didn't think that would work. So she got me some and threw them in my, my backpack. And I was watching some of the other guys do the field events. My event wasn't until later. And so I'm sitting on the field, and, man, I pulled out my can of pineapples. Secret weapon. Here it goes. I'm showing all the guys. Watch what's fixing to happen now. You know, I got the secret ingredient right here. Kind of kept a little wrap on them. Nobody could see what I was getting ready only problem, only problem, back in the late 90s, you know, the cans were made for real men. They didn't have the pop top on them like they do now. I didn't bring a can opener. <laughs> so we're sitting there, I'm pumping these things up. 
This is the greatest thing. We're going to run fast here. You're going to have a ring and you have a pineapple ring. You have a pineapple ring. And we're going to be in the newspapers and all of this stuff. And I had this miracle fast running stuff in this can. But I had no access to it. No access to it. What a shame to have something that's, that's going to make me run super fast. It's going to give me the strength and the power. I was jumping in the triple jump that day and I had never done it before. My coach thought we needed more points. And so he says, I signed you up for the triple jump. And I says, what's that? I'd never done it before. I, I didn't come in, I came in second to last. But I didn't come in the last. I'm just ready to do all this athletics and here's the secret, the secret weapon. But I have no access to it. Now tonight I want you to understand that God holds the secret weapons to life. Strength, victory, power, joy, peace, contentment. He's got it all. The real stuff, not the knockoffs. He's got the real stuff. And man, he wants us to have it. He wants us to have joy and peace and strength and victory in our life. Oh, how many people tonight are struggling with victory. I mean, it's not a week goes by. I don't talk to somebody who's struggling, need victory over something. We all need victory, and God has it, but you'll only access it through faith. That's the only way. So why did God choose Stephen? Because Stephen understood that faith secures the power of God. And to do the work of God and the will of God, it required power. And by him being full of faith, he was telling God, I know what it's going to take. It's going to take power. Back in Romans Look, chapter number nine. <clears throat> I want you to see something very sad. Romans chapter nine, look down to verse 31, I believe. <clears throat> look at verse 30. What shall we say then that the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? Watch verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Verse 32, wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. Israel, even the Gentiles, anyone who has never come to Christ by faith, faith is the stumbling block. They, they keep trying to get access to the righteousness of God and then they're going to work their way there. They're going to work their way and be good enough to access the things of God. God says, no, no, you're, you're not accessing my faith. You're not accessing, accessing my salvation other than by faith. The Bible says it was a stumbling block to them because they couldn't get it that it was by faith. Can I tell you tonight, speaking mostly to save people, The biggest stumbling block to our service is understanding that it's only going to be done by faith. And we will keep stubbing our toe and stubbing our toe and stubbing our toe and not getting anything done and not being used of God and never becoming a choice servant. Why? Because we wanted to try it our way and God says, nope, it's only by faith. You got to trust me to get it done. Mark chapter 5, we see the woman who had the issue of blood. The Bible says 12 years. Listen closely what the Bible says. There's a reason that he says what he says in there and describes it in detail. The Bible says she had spent all and was nothing bettered. Spent all, nothing bettered. So here's what happens. I'm sure she had a purse, but I don't have a purse, so use a wallet, okay? 
She looked in her purse. There was nothing left for the doctors. You know, you know that feeling, don't you? Amen. Nothing left for the doctors. So she's come to the end of her money. She spent all, was nothing better. She's come to the end of herself. So what does she decide to do when she comes to the end of herself? She decides to seek out Christ. You see, she didn't seek him out until she came to the end of herself. And she goes, and the Bible says in Mark chapter number five, in verse number 28, she said, she said, if I'm able to touch the hem of his garment. Now, did she say that out loud? I don't believe she said it out loud. I believe she said it to herself. I've come to the end. I don't have any money left. I'm not getting any better. I'm going to go to him. You see, that's called faith. There's nothing left. Verse 34, Jesus turns around. You know the, the story. She tur- Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? And goes on down. And what does he tell her? He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. How did she access the power of God and the healing hand of Christ? How did she access it? He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, I wonder tonight what Christ has for us and what Christ wants for us, but we're trying to go an end around other than faith to get it, and we're stubbing our toe, and it's a stumbling block. The Bible says, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Look what she found. She found healing. She was made whole and she found peace. How? Christ said, verse 34, thy faith hath made thee whole. You ever go out and try to serve God on your own and it just doesn't work out too well? You say, you know what? I I can't do this on my own. I've memorized all the scriptures. Man, I'm just having trouble with this. I'm just going to trust God. God says, thank you. And you find out that you do a whole lot more through faith. Peter found this out in hindsight. Real quickly tonight, Luke chapter 22, I'll give it to you real quick. Jesus comes to Peter, says, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Peter, Satan wants to beat the fire out of you is what he wants to do. Peter says, I'm going to go with you to prison. I'm ready to go with you unto death. Old Peter starts poking out his chest a little bit. I got this. But in hindsight, I believe Peter, if he would have played back the words of Christ, he would have heard something. When he says, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you is weak, Christ goes on to say, but I have prayed for thee. Listen close, that thy faith fail not. Christ was telling Peter, if you want to win this battle, you're going to win this battle through faith. That's why I pray. He didn't say, Peter, I've been praying for your biceps. Peter, I've been praying for your drop kick. No. He says, I've prayed that thy faith fail not. If Peter would have just got himself out of the way just for a moment, he would have realized that Peter couldn't do it. He better pour pour himself out and be filled with faith because faith secures the power of God. And that's why Peter failed. D.O. Moody said this of faith. Real faith is man's weaknesses leaning on God's strength. Man's weakness Leaning on God's strength. It's just tough sometimes to come to the place to admit that we're weak, isn't it? That's because we're full of ourselves. I'm guilty. There's a reason Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith, so many of the verses begin with two words, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. 
By faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith Enoch, by faith all through there. All of these things were done. How were they done? By faith, because faith secures the power of God. I've never done this, but I've seen commercials for it, so I guess it's true because I saw it on television. There's a service called Angie's List. Anybody ever use Angie's List? You call a plumber? Somebody work on your house? No. Nobody raised their hand, hardly, in here tonight. I mean, we got some manly men in here. That's what that means. And you, you use Angie's List because Angie's List, you can look at the carpenter, and he have a one-star, two-star, three-star, four-star, five-star rating. And you go on there, and you look, and you read, this person had this guy to come over to fix their toilet. It didn't work, and he gets a one-star. So you look at his reviews, and his reviews tell him, tell you if you want to use him or not. You're like, this guy, you know, he came in to install a sink, and he broke the toilet. You're like, no, I don't want to use that guy. That guy's useless. Then you see this guy, five-star. Not only did he replace my toilet, but he scrubbed my shower and mopped my kitchen. You're like, sold. That's the guy that I want to come to my house. I mean, look at his reviews. And you use those reviews to tell you whether or not you're going to use the guy. All right, now, God doesn't use Angie's list. God looks at your faith. How many stars of faith do you have? One, two, three, four, five. Because you see, faith and being full of faith shows you understand what it's going to take to get the job done. God looks down and you don't even have a a pinky toe full of faith. Forget being full of faith. You don't even have a pinky toe full of faith. God says, I can't trust them to get the job done. Because they don't have what it's going to take to get the job done, which is faith. So understand this. Faith says to God, you know how to get the job done. Faith says to God, you know how to get the job done. Why? Because the job's going to take faith. If you're full of it, you're telling God, I know how. Last thing tonight. Faith shows us that we need God and we're empty of self. Faith shows us it takes the power of God. But faith shows us one more thing. James chapter 2, if you want to turn there, I'll give you this. It's the shortest point. Amen. Thank you for not amening on that one. James chapter 2, turn there with me real quick. Look down, if you would, to verse number 18. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But look at verse 20. But will thou, O vain man, but wilt thou know, O vain man, Faith without works is dead. Pretty simple, isn't it? Faith without works is dead. So there's something else that that Stephen's faith was showing God. Look, too often, faith for us is something we have and not something we do. You with me there? Here in the South, everybody has faith. Teens went out soul winning today. I asked Miley, how did it go? And we ran into a lot of saved people. And I hope they're genuinely saved. But it seems like everybody here in the South is saved and everybody has faith. There's a difference tonight in possessing faith and practicing faith. By Stephen being full of faith, look, the last thing that he was showing Christ is that, hey, I'm ready to go to work. Because faith without works is dead. Number three, faith is completed in service. Faith is completed is service. Now understand tonight, by Stephen being full of faith, he was telling God, I'm ready to go to work. Because faith without works is dead. 
A lot of times we just use faith as part of our label. I'm a person of faith and I have faith. But understand, faith is supposed to translate into work sooner or later. Faith without works is dead. I'm afraid that so many of us, we think we're saved, but maybe we're not because so often we have the label of faith, but it never translates into anything. It never produces any fruit in our life. I'm sure we've all seen this. And if you're one of those people, then I'm glad you're not anymore, you know. But you see those people on the side of the road with the signs, we'll work for food. I see them all here, here on the corner. I see them all the time over here on this corner. You see signs that say, we'll work for food, and you'll pull in there sometimes. I've talked to them many times. And say, look, I've got some things you can do. I've got some work you can do. I've told, been told this many times by many folks. And they'll say, well, look, I, I can't really this. I can't really that. You see, they're not really interested in, in working. They just wanted something for free. The sign was really a part of a label. But there was really no interest in getting anything done. So the next time that I pass by there, I'm less inclined to stop. Do you know why? Because I know he's not really serious about working. I know he's not. Now, here's what I'm getting to. We want God to use us, and we want God to stop, and we want God to put us to work, but so often our faith is just a label. We're not serious. We're not going to put our faith to work. That's why God doesn't choose us to be used of him because he knows our faith is just a label that we use. It's not a part of who we are. 2008, Congress passed the $800 million stimulus bill. Remember that? $800 million stimulus bill. And here's what was touted on the stimulus bill. These will go towards shovel-ready jobs. 2011, the statement was made, they weren't as shovel-ready as we thought. You know what shovel-ready means? It means ready to go to work. Ready to go to work. I, I'm afraid tonight our faith... It's not shovel-ready. God looks down and God sees us and we have a small measure of faith, but he knows that our faith is not ready to go to work. By faith is how you're going to serve God. By faith is how we're going to fulfill the will of God. And tonight, if our faith is not full, we're telling God, I'm not that interested in going to work. But Stephen, being full of faith, would be used of God in a mighty way. Adoniram Judson said this in prison. He says, the future is as bright as all the promises of God. Even though he sat in prison and in horrific conditions, he says, the future is as bright as the promises of God. You know what that's called? That's called faith. God can use people like that who are willing to take their faith and put it to work. But in order to be used of God, we're going to be used how? By faith. So here's my question tonight. Based on the level of faith in our life tonight, would God use us? Would God want to use us? Would God look down tonight and our spiritual gas tank, our faith gas tank is on an eighth of a tank? The other day I was, I hate stopping to get gas. I don't know why. I hate stopping to get gas. You know, I wish there was a pill. You could just drop over in there and it'd fill it up with gas, but there's not. And I stopped, and the pump was slow. That and people driving slow in the fast lane is how God teaches me patience. Finally, it got to $10. I was like, forget this. And I put it up, and I went on down the road. $10 worth of gas. They didn't give me a quarter of a tank, maybe a little over a quarter of a tank. I didn't have any plans on going very far. You know how you could tell? By how much I put in my tank. If I was going on a long trip, I'd have filled that dude up. Let's fill it up. I got a long way to go, so I'm going to fill it up. But no, I didn't plan on going very far, so I didn't put very much in the tank. 
based on what's in our tank tonight, what are we telling God? We just have an eighth of a tank. God looks down and he says, say, God, I want you to use me to do something great. I want you to take my life far. God says, I can't. You got an eighth of a tank of fuel. You see, you didn't add to your faith. You didn't build your faith. You didn't fill yourself with faith. And you told me through that that you didn't want to be used because faith is how we complete our service. Tonight, let me ask you real quickly, how far would you go with the faith you have in your tank tonight? How far would you go? God chose Stephen because the Bible says he was full of faith. It's going to take faith to do the will of God. But in order to have faith, we've got to make room by pouring out ourselves. So the first step tonight in being a choice servant might be spending some time in an altar and pouring out a little bit of ourself. And maybe tonight we pour out a little bit of ourselves, we make more room for faith, and we're trusting God to do through us what only God could do. Let's have our heads bowed tonight and eyes closed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. My question to you is simple. Will you choose faith tonight? Will you choose faith? Will you choose to be filled with faith? Say, I want to be used of God. Understand you'll be used of God based on the measure of faith.